Well, hey there, everyone. It's Byron with the ISCPO 360 Security Podcast. I want to welcome you back to our latest episode. I had the opportunity to sit down with a, a couple of folks uh, with Risk Pulse. If you've not um, heard of Risk Pulse, check out the content page on this podcast. I've got some links at the bottom talking about, uh, give you some great direction on getting to their site. But uh, just a quick, um, what is Risk Pulse and who are they? They're a supply chain risk analytics company that helps its clients and their partners increase the predictability and stability of their financial and physical operations globally. Many of the largest food suppliers, consumer packaged good manufacturers, automakers, and retailers trust Risk Pulse and their Risk Score tool and their suite of cloud-based software applications. They're headquartered in Austin, and Risk Pulse is rapidly becoming a standard way for members of the supply chain to get the signals they need to optimize their risk. My two guests today will be Mark Russo and Henry Bonner, and I had a great uh, great time sitting down and enjoying sitting down with these two guys. I've chatted with them many times over the phone, and they were actually in Dallas, and we got to sit down and talk a little bit. Um, and it's a, a great um, great discussion around the, the tool and how it's used today. Just a little bit about Mark. He's the SVP of Weather Operations at Risk Pulse, but he is based in Chicago. And Henry is our Chief Product Officer, and he's been in the industry for 25 years. I've added both their bios to the content on the podcast, so have a look at it when you open that up. And towards the end of the podcast, I'll talk a little bit more about the ISCPO conference for 2020. We've got that scheduled for March in Dallas, Texas. So have a listen to some more detail and check us out at iscpo.org for specifics around the conference. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks. Listen, I want to welcome back to the podcast, ISCPO 360 Security. Uh, I've got Mark and Henry here sitting with me with Risk Pulse. I want to welcome you guys to the podcast and and looking forward to having a little chat. So maybe you could share a little bit of information about you guys and individually about your you know your career and what's going on at Risk Pulse. Sure. Hi, hi Bar and Henry Bonner. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to have the conversation today. Um, I'm Chief Product Officer with, with RiskPulse. Um, been with RiskPulse actually fairly fairly new compared with some of the others in the team, but joined the company earlier early this year to help on the product side. Um, I have a fairly lengthy background in uh, risk management, started off in risk in capital markets and banking, um, moved over to the energy trading and risk management sector, um, and then latterly in the agricultural sector more focused on food and beverage supply chain um, and, and the risk management across that uh, so great to great to be part of this today well yeah thanks so much I'm, I'm glad you're here and how about you mark yeah thanks byron I appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, my background on uh, svp of weather operations at risk pulse i'm a certified consulting meteorologist I've been forecasting global weather for over 20 years, and career started out in the application of weather to futures and commodities, and then that's expanded now to supply chain, and I've been with Risk Pulse over uh, the past uh, five or six years. So weather operations, um, 
and I can understand Henry's job title. That's pretty, pretty easy, but weather operations is unique, right? So that's interesting. So good, good. You know, for those of our listeners that may not be familiar with Risk Pulse, can you share how, how it all began and what's some of the history behind Risk Pulse? Yeah, well, just a little background on Risk Pulse. And actually, back about 10 years ago, actually, two companies, there's Earth Risk Technologies and Risk Pulse that uh, were startups. Uh, Earth Risk Technologies, which is actually my background, was developed actually out of a research project based out of Scripps uh, out in San Diego. It was the development of a product, specifically probabilistic temperatures that supported the energy industry and specifically energy trading and risk management. Risk Pulse started really with a, actually back to Storm Pulse which was a hur initially a hurricane tracking software or application. And back about four or five years ago, our two companies started talking to each other. Risk Pulse or Storm Pulse at the time had uh, a lot of software developers, but no meteorologists. And although they're supporting a hurricane tracking, EarthRisk Technologies, on the other hand, had an abundance of meteorologists and uh, very limited software development. So it was a, a perfect opportunity for the two companies to come together, and we've developed uh, products that not only uh, support longer-range forecasting, but being able to take weather forecasts and making it actionable. And that is specifically in our products for risk scores, which we're going to talk more about. Uh, but really making that weather information and predictive uh, nature of weather, making that actionable so that our users can take that information and make smart decisions with it. So based based in Austin, Texas, a corporation, yes. yeah, mm -hmm. offices there. Um, so how did it get to the supply chain risk analytics company that is today? How, how did that all morph into that type of area? Yeah, a lot of that came down to the winter of 13-14, kind of known as the polar vortex winter. And we had extreme cold during January at that time. And a lot of large food and beverage manufacturers were impacted dramatically by a stretch of record cold in the middle of that uh, period. It resulted in a lot of frozen beer, a lot of uh, frozen food products out there. And that really kicked off what uh, a lot of inquiries into how can we use actually a hurricane tracking program that looks at the risk of individual storm events, but can we use that for winter storms and bitter cold that can result in huge disruptions to, to business operations and to transportation and, and products. And so that really started the process of expanding out to the whole kind of supply chain community and looking at it not only from just, you know, transportation standpoint, but individual risks to products and, and business operations. You know, it's interesting. You talk about the polar vortex, and, and I remember it. My day job with 7-Eleven, and we were involved in that as well because, you know, routing trucks, uh, having commodities on the truck that are fresh items that could be quickly spoiled 
have frozen or temperature issues. So that that's interesting. And we we actually used the tool back then. So it was a great uh, great step into that. And and today, I mean, it's hurricane season and then winter season. I mean, I mean, it's it's insane. And then for those in California, I mean, the, it's, it's it's sad to say, but the fire season, right? So it uh, really impacts. And you guys do a wonderful job with that. Uh, when we look at the how it all began, was there a small group of folks that in each company or was Risk Pulse, a Storm Pulse was just like a few folks? How did that work out? Yeah, a few folks on uh, either side and ultimately then with the uh, partnership that started and then uh, merger of the two companies, then that uh, has led us to where we're at today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Today, I mean, you service many industries like large food shippers, consumer packaged good manufacturers, automakers, and even retailers like, like I operate in today. Can you share with our listeners how RISPulse supports their clients? Sure. So from a, from a solution perspective, uh, we, we have a product suite um, that really has three focus components in it. The first area is Sunrise, um, and Byron, that's the solution that you were saying you use every day. Uh, love to hear a bit more about your, your usage of that in a, in a few minutes. Um, but Sunrise is really focused on monitoring the risk to physical locations uh, that we would call assets, but physical locations, whether they be stores in, in your case or distribution centers, um, they could be transportation interchange um, locations, um, but essentially any any geolocated uh, asset, we can we can. Uh, begin to monitor the risk on that. And I'll come back to explain what we mean by risk in a second. Um, the next layer down would be a transportation lane. So looking at the risk on individual trucking routes or, or um, rail, um, ocean, etc. looking at the risks on, on those lanes. And then at the lowest level within that part of the solution, we're actually able to model the risk on the individual shipment. And as Mark uh, mentioned earlier, we think, we think of risk and represent risk um, using what we call a risk pulse score. And, and the idea be behind the risk pulse score is to give a standard um, uh, metric between 1 and 25, essentially, 1 being low risk, 25 being high risk. And the reason that, that becomes hugely important is that uh, an event such as a, a weather event in, in one city can mean something very different than the same weather event in a different city. A classic example might be snowfall. Uh, two inches of snow in, in Chicago, not a big deal. Um, two inches of snow in Dallas, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're shutting deal. you're shutting things down here. <laughs> so, um, so the sunrise the sunrise solution uh, is a web based solution that allows our clients therefore to to monitor their physical locations um, for environmental risks like weather, um, as well as their supply chains. Um, and uh, also individual shipments. The other two parts to the solution are really much more focused on pure supply chain. Um, we have a, a solution that uh, we, we use to um, model individual shipments going through either cold temperatures or, or um, hot temperatures. Um, so we help companies make decisions around equipment to protect from freeze or protect from heat. Um, and that, that one's particularly relevant right now as we come into winter. So a lot of companies who are shipping um, particularly food and beverage goods, liquids, etc., that are temperature sensitive, would tend to operate off a, a lane calendar um, and, and just naturally ship everything on a, on a temperature controlled um, truck, for example. 
um, that's very expensive if you, if you don't need to be doing that. Um, so in situations where the weather perhaps isn't as cold um, or across the route there are uh, warmer, warmer patches, we can actually model exactly what the temperature on that truck will look like as it completes its journey and use that to make equipment recommendations that can save, um, in, this, in this example, food and beverage companies uh, quite a consider considerable amount of money by not doing 100% reefer. Um, the third part of the solution is, is also the newest part of our solution, which we launched over the summer of this year, um, and that is a product that we call OnTime. Um, OnTime is a machine learning model that um, has been trained on about 30 million shipment events, um, and we use that to model the probability of a shipment arriving um, within its planned delivery window. Um, we can actually model that up to two weeks before pickup. So a typical use case there would be we would bring in a shipment plan before it's picked up um, and immediately model that for the probability of it arriving on time um, using the, the data that the model's been uh, trained on, such as who the, who the carrier is, uh, the day of week of pickup, time of day of pickup, who the consignee is, and a whole bunch of different factors that may cause that shipment to uh, not arrive on time. Um, and that's, that's been tremendously interesting for a lot of people, particularly with OTIF penalties uh, from, from a number of the retailers right now, um, where we can help our clients uh, make better decisions around timing of, of pickup, um, decisions around timing of delivery, who the carrier is, etc. So re really those are the three um, parts of our, our solution. And Byron, you were mentioning earlier, you've been using Sunrise now for, for quite a few years, I think. We have, we have. And so I'll tell you that uh, on my day job, we've got 11, over 11,000 assets that we're tracking uh, with the Sunrise tool. And it's not just our retail locations, it's our, our third-party logistics partners that are warehouses and our, our fuel distribution facilities. Because when you think about either the polar vortex or a fire or an earthquake impact or uh, hurricanes, uh, that really gives us an insight to supply and demand. How can we alternate if, you know, one one fuel terminal in Miami is going to be hit or potentially hit by a hurricane, can we shift to Orlando and how we can talk to that, that provider about supporting our stores. And uh, I can tell you that uh, using this tool in the past several years, even though we haven't had a severe hurricane like like uh, some folks have experienced along the Gulf Coast, um, it's been a great tool for not only our community, uh, but our suppliers, uh, and that's really. The other tool that, too, that you talked about, while we are 100% third-party logistics, I don't use the tools, but I know about those tools, and I, I've talked to uh, peers in the industry that have interest in those tools because there is time-sensitive product or temperature-control product on that, so. Uh, I appreciate that that piece of the business, and it's uh, it's been very very impactful for us from a solution, um, and my executives and my vendors alike look forward to my communications because uh, the detail of information that I can share through that through that Sunrise tool is phenomenal. Mm. So I, I appreciate your tools. That's great. So talking about uh, from an education perspective. Um, either with your clients or folks that are looking at 
how to source and use the tool and maybe understand a little bit better. You guys host a number of webinars, blog posts, and live events on when storms or weather systems are impacting the U.S. And then there's some other educational material that you use to discuss recent events. Can you can you share some of those that you uh, you use today? Sure. One of which is our Riskful Supply Chain Digest, which we issue every day, Monday through Friday. It's attached to our Sunrise application, and with that, specifically, we cover this week's primary risks, and also sometimes, depending on the situation, we'll extend out even further, but basically every day we provide that timeline of risk that focuses on typically extreme weather events or extreme temperatures that could, again, either cause uh, freeze issues or, or heat issues, depending on the time of year. Also, we go into more depth in the supply chain digest with individual events, what we call our watchtowers that are also a part of Sunrise, and those analytics then get kind of baked into a part of the digest and discussed in more detail, at least uh, the commentary from our weather operations team, which provides more details in terms of what can be expected with those extreme weather events, whether that's disruptive winds or flooding or snow from individual storm systems or uh, extreme events coming through. I'm looking at my, my digest this morning. I have it here in front of me. So I mentioned over 11,000 assets and I've got 385 locations at risk. And I know exactly where that's gonna be happening uh, as it lays out on my, my mapping because of the winter. The winter opportunities, the low temperatures, and uh, some of the snowfall layouts, the the predictions, and even even graphs it out to how long is this going to last, and that's really from my from my folks in, in the supply chain group. Any any folks that are doing time sensitive deliveries, either daily or by day, you know, bi weekly, understanding what what's ahead of them or what's what's going to impact. No, it's nothing like uh, having drivers stranded somewhere are either running out of time because they've been on the road too long or they just can't get through the traffic. And that's what we experience. And this tool has been really great. While I don't share the entire tool with a lot of folks, there is a small group of folks that, that gets this from me. And they really appreciate it. So that's a great tool. I know you had some other ones you wanted to talk about too. So Yeah, we also do webinars actually twice a week. Our Tuesday webinar that the weather operation team um, handles is our weekly supply chain overview which is really just a quick kind of 10 or 15 minute almost summary of what the supply chain uh, digest entails every day uh, we do go into some more specifics in terms of the, uh, the the events at the time and again that can vary week to week but that is our Tuesday uh, Tuesday weekly uh, supply chain overview. On Thursdays, we have our On the Radar. That gets into a bit more topical items, and it's both myself and then our chief meteorologist, John Davis, that again covers well, both webinars, and really John on the On the Radar um, goes into more specific details in terms of either weather or even climate events 
that are important at the time, but then what does that mean or what are the impacts specifically to supply chain and to business operations? So for example, as we move into the winter and one of the questions that gets asked us and that some of the listeners here might be familiar with, others might not be, but the, El, the whole El Nino-La Nina right, right. cycle, uh, which was with the El Nino last winter was a player in some of the extreme cold that we saw. This year we're seeing a lack of uh, El Nino right mm-hmm. now, but going into those kind of details, and again, what are the impacts specifically to supply chain from a very high level? Right, right. Well, and, and today we happen to be sitting down on a Thursday, so the On the Radar did come out, and uh, you addressed another great subject in that uh, that released today was the California power outage situation. I mean, that tool was useful for us understanding, like a lot of retailers, a lot of industry out there being shut down for four to five days with no power, and you're really got your hands tied. Um, So your tool, your webinar was right on track with that. So any comments about how the California situation unfolded or we may see it again? Yeah, well, number one, it's a very unique situation due to a combination of a lot of different factors here, some of which actually tied to weather conditions last winter and the abundant precipitation across California that led to the excessive vegetation growth, which, again, at this time of year, you're normally dry in California, but because of uh, the excess vegetation and certain types of vegetation that's basically become the, the Kindle here for the uh, spread of wildfires. Then you have the whole PG&E situation. Right, right. And that's also what's very unique with this situation is that these are all planned outages rather than, like we knew in advance when those outages are going to be. Didn't know exactly where they're going to be, but knew the general area. So there was you know, at least enough time to be prepared that an outage could occur. So. So some uh, preventative uh, or precautionary measures could be taken uh, out ahead of it. But uh, with the outlook coming up and the pattern still featuring windy conditions in general over the next few weeks in California, warmer than normal temperatures, we're going to continue to be in this type of situation throughout much of November, maybe even beyond. Well, and Henry mentioned earlier the, the risk pulse score. And, uh, and the Sunrise tool, and, and that is a great tool. I use it for, for this event and other events because uh, we have many folks that get excited about the weather here. I always get, because I'm in business continuity, they give me a call about what's gonna happen, is it gonna happen? I look at that score, and I can, with confidence, say it's a 15 or a 17, we're okay right now. If it gets to a 20, then let's start talking, so yeah. But uh, I, I enjoy that tool. And then you've got the blog. Um, out there that you guys do pretty frequently. So, I mean, any, any insight on that? Yeah, so we, we, we put a blog out. We try and do it a couple of times a month on various topics. Um, uh, I think the one the one up there at the moment is on um, supply chain adapting to climate change, which, uh, again, an interesting topic. But, you know, we, we, try and, we try and think through sort of thought leadership items um, and mix those up with, with sort of current events with um, around climate. That's good. Well, and I, I want to go back to you, Henry, as we talk about, uh, you know, where do you see some of these products headed for the future? I know you talked about the on-time tool being launched this year. What do you see the future of some of this? Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, one of the one of the key 
areas that we are very strong on and, and, and we see it as really a critical part of sort of our destiny and where, where our products go is, is the actionability of information. Um, if, if you look across our product set and, and you know, the risk scores you just mentioned, I think a good example of that, we're very focused on not, not just the prediction side or predictive side of the um, analytics, but also on, on how to make them actionable. And I think you know, risk, risk pulse on time is a good example of that, where um, we're actually providing recommendations for um, you know, how to mitigate potential risk or, or potential um, late load. So what we expect to see in the future is more of, more of the sort of combination between analytic uh, predictions and that actionability. And I think an, another extension or another good example of that would be some of the scenario tools that we're building around on time. So instead of just saying, hey, uh, this load is, is likely to be late and here's why, we're actually now able to start making recommendations. So if you could pick up two hours early, if you could change carrier, if you could change equipment type, then uh, the risk score would, would change, and, and here's why. So I think I think that's a that's a big piece of you know, how to how to make this very actionable. The other areas that I think become very powerful is integrating uh, economic costs into these models. Um, so again, instead of just saying something's going to be late, uh, and potentially improving that by saying, well, here's a recommendation to make it less late uh, or even on time. Uh, what is the cost associated with that decision? Um, sometimes it's not, it's not a black and white, um, okay, I'll go ahead and, and change that uh, carrier or, or, or change that lane or whatever. There's a cost associated with that, and that has to be factored into the risk. So we're, we're, we're thinking of um, these economic costs as being risk-adjusted. And I guess an extension of that too, um, and we're seeing a lot of interest, a lot of questions recently about this with uh, potential climate change, um, and to what extent can better planning um, actually help reduce climate climate change or certainly reduce emissions? Um, so, for example, if I if I know that my my truck is going to be driving into a snowstorm and sitting there idling for six hours. Um, we may want to think differently about, um, you know, how we route that, or, or whether we send, whether we can send a day early, etc. So again, beginning to look at climate impact and, and emissions um, as another factor that we can begin to measure and make uh, recommendations around for mitigation. That's perfect. I mean, the, the more information people have, either from a, an AI perspective or a historical perspective, it's going to give them power, right, to make decisions. Uh, just like you mentioned, if I can stop a driver from sitting idle and have it either a day early or shift it to another, a later date, if it's perishable, what do I need to do in, in, in making those decisions? Your tools are going to be right on track with that. So I, I appreciate that. And I also I appreciate you guys sitting down with me. And we've been talking for a few minutes now. And anything else you want to let the listeners know about? Any you guys going to be attending any conferences soon? Speaking? Lots of conferences. Mark, tell us how much snow we're going to get this winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are in. We're oh, we're issuing our our winter outlook, and the main takeaway for this upcoming winter, from a national perspective, is that we are expecting another winter of increased 
volatility, i.e. these big swings in temperatures that we've seen, especially over the past couple of winters. Our research points to another winter showing similar trends. So kind of be, ex be, uh, be ready for anything here uh, in terms of going through periods of extreme cold, but then quickly followed by periods of extreme warmth. Also within that will be very uh, going through uh, very stormy periods, also quiet ones as well. Just another winter of heightened volatility. Right. Now, for those that that uh, are cold mongers, if you would, um, if you're looking for more significant cold and the risks associated with that, that would be more so out across the Rockies and across the northern plains this season. That's our highest confidence of of the normal temperatures look to be this winter. So you're saying the slopes are going to be full and ready? <laughs> yes, from a precipitation standpoint, the Rockies are the favorite area, especially up north. So especially not only for risk to your business, but if you're planning any ski vacations coming up, we highly recommend going up north or even up into Canada as well to those uh, <laughs> resorts. That's great. I know we've been spoiled here in Dallas uh, where we sit today, and we've just now started seeing the cold weather and it came with a, a vengeance. Um, so and we've been talking about here internally is it's gonna be a bad winter for, for us here in Texas. People don't know how to drive in Texas when it snows. <laughs> and so the one sand truck that's out there in Dallas has, stays pretty busy. So listen, I wanna thank you guys for sitting down with me. I also wanna extend an, an invitation to join us in March 2020 for the ISCPO conference. We're holding it again in Dallas at the 7-Eleven headquarters. Uh, last year we had about 160 folks attend. I had some great sessions. We've already got all our speakers lined out this year in our keynote, and uh, I'd like to extend you guys an invitation to that. Great. Thank you Excellent. very much. Yeah, Once again, thanks for sitting down with me, and more to come. Thanks, Bart. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Mark and Henry with Risk Pulse. I, I really enjoyed sitting down with them and chatting about the industry about their solution and uh, how they really help the logistics and supply chain side of, the, of that industry. I mentioned earlier about the 2020 ISCPO conference in March and just a quick update. So if you haven't had a chance to register, make sure you, sure you go to the website, iscpo.org. It's on the front page there. Click to find out more details about the, the conference and its registration. We've got some uh, early bird discount rates that run through December 31st, so make sure you take advantage of those before we wrap up the 2019 year. We'd really enjoy seeing you, and, and uh, if you've attended with us before, you know how the pricing is very uh, inexpensive, and it's a great value. If you have not joined us, we'd look forward to joining, uh, joining us in Dallas in March. If you're a solution provider and would like to entertain joining us at the conference, uh, drop me a line at byron.smith at iscpo.org. We'd like to see if we can get you in to the conference, if not to display and ex uh, exhibit your products and solutions, but maybe just attend and have a look at it and maybe consider it for the, the following year. Thanks. getting ready to wrap up the 2019 podcast season with ISCPO. But I want to ask if you've got something you want us to chat about in 2020, a topic or someone that might be of interest to our listeners and our members, uh, 
drop me a line at byron.smith at iscpo.org. Or if you're at the conference in March, uh, grab me. Let's have a chat. Thanks. Mm -hmm.